Greetings, friends and neighbors, and welcome to episode 13 of the Community Solutions Podcast, coming to you from the students, faculty, staff, and community partners associated with the Department of Social and Behavioral Sciences at the Fairbanks School of Public Health in downtown Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm Jack Terman Jr., a faculty member in the department and your host for this podcast. Thanks for listening and spreading the word about our podcast to your friends and neighbors. We are so grateful for you listening to our podcast and we truly hope that the information provided is helping you build healthy, hope-filled neighborhoods. On behalf of the entire Community Solutions team, I encourage you to subscribe to, follow, rate, and review our podcast. Today, Ms. Ashley Phillips, a project manager within our department, who is dedicated to working with women in affordable housing communities, converses with one of her community partners, Ms. Kelly Evans. Kelly is a social services worker for Glick Company and is dedicated to building and sustaining programmatic opportunities that build the health and social wellness of residents in affordable housing communities. Kelly is all about addressing day-to-day needs as well as the long-term needs of the residents, always with the perspective that all residents deserve the opportunity to reach their full potential and live a life of dignity. Through this conversation, you will learn of the needs of our fellow citizens living in affordable housing communities, as well as innovative strategies that are employed to build their self-sufficiency and improve their quality of life. This episode reminds us of information provided in episode five of our podcast, that one's life expectancy should not be determined by the zip code that one lives in. Let's join the conversation. Have a good one. Ashley Phillips, and I'm here today with Kelly Evans. Thank you so much for coming, Kelly. Thank you so much for having me. So can you start by telling our listeners what your role is as a social service worker in a housing community? So my role is to provide our residents with resources to help them come to self-sufficiency. So it can be employment, it can be um, gaining access to food, healthy food, it can be um, getting health care, it can be um, getting their kids in school, it can be a number of things to help the resident be able to achieve their goals. That's really awesome, Mike. I feel like that's needed more. So what type of issues are your residents facing in your community? Our residents face a number of issues in our community, such as lack of access to transportation. Many of our residents have trouble getting back and forth to work, back and forth to doctor's office visits, getting their kids to school. Um, That is a a huge barrier um, with the lack of sidewalks. Even walking to the nearest daycare is a challenge for our residents. Getting to services is a challenge for our residents. A lot of them um, aren't able, because of their financial situations, to obtain bus transportation. And so that's one of the things that we try to assist the residents with as well. Awesome. Are there any other issues um, that you can maybe think of as well? 
access to food. Um, a lot of our residents don't have, there are no grocery stores in our area. We're considered a food desert. So there was a group called Good Food Connections, um, which my apartment complex is a part of, where we came together as a group to provide healthy food for our community. A lot of the stores closed like Marsh, and so that left us with nothing in the community in order to get the residents healthy food. So a lot of it was our residents were going to gas stations where the price of the food is really, really high, or dollar stores where they were getting food that wasn't nourishing to their bodies. They were getting the junk, lots of sugars and salts, and that was contributing to their health issues, like the diabetes, like the high blood pressure. Those things were really harming our residents' ability to survive. Um, and you can see it generationally um, in parents and children. Um, a lot of our residents with the lack of access to food, what we did was that we have a pantry on site. So we began with the pantry on site um, with the mindset of offering our residents options that couldn't get to other pantries in the area because transportation is a big issue. Imagine traveling an hour or more on a bus, having to get on another bus, pick up the food, come back. If you had milk, kids, something like that. Those are the types of things that tend to keep my residents in their housing and not go out and seek the resources that they need. They could only pick up so much at one time. When they, I mean, not even a week's worth of food. If you have milk in your hand, cereal in your hand, plus meat, boxes of food, it was really hard for them to even transport it back to their apartments. Um, so the access to food, we built a garden to help with that. So we get healthy fresh, natural food from our garden that we provide at our pantry once a month so the residents are able to come in and pick it. We also have a program um, that is with Urban Anchors where they bring our residents food boxes. So they get a box of vegetables every single week that they can take home, cook with it. They also get recipes. We redesigned our pantry to make sure that those healthy options were at eye level, explaining to them, giving them recipes so that they could cook the food in a way that was more healthy as opposed to frying. One of the things that I found in terms of issues was when I would go on inspections to apartments, there would be big tubs of grease. Um, big pans of grease on the stove, which was a fire hazard all in itself, but it let me know that their main way of eating food was to fry it. And so we've tried to incorporate different types of vegetables. Um, we introduced to them kurabi. And this year it has been um, squashes and just lots of different things that they had never experienced before. And they come back to us and they tell us, I never had that before, but it was so good. And then they started mixing it with other things and looking for ways to make it taste good. And that was just, it was amazing to see them come back so excited about food and what they could do with it. Wow, that's really amazing. You guys are doing awesome over there. So what are the greatest improvements or resources that you've been able to provide your residents to be able to kind of navigate some of these issues that they've been having? So we are getting a new building. It is a resident success building. That building will incorporate a lot of the services in the community and it brings it right there for the residents. One of the things that I've done um, since I started um, my position was try to bring services to our residents. So now we'll have a whole building to provide different classes and groups. We have, we'll have an open teaching cooking kitchen where people can come in and prepare food. They can come in and learn how 
nutritious food affects their body, what things are bad for them, they can come pick from the pantry. So we'll have it set up where they can use the food for the pantry to prepare meals so they understand how to go through the pantry to get what they need. We'll have rooms for the kids to meet. There'll also be like a 3D printing program. Lots of things for our kids going on. It'll be um, summer jobs for our kids. We also have a clothing pantry to make sure that our kids have the right clothes. So the, the idea behind that was a clothing exchange. So to never make the resident feel like, oh, I'm going just to a pantry, but I can bring in maybe what I can't wear, kind of the idea of a Play-Doh's closet, but you're just exchanging those things. So it makes them feel like they're contributing to the community as well. Oh, wow, that's such an amazing way of bringing them in and making them a part of the solution. Are there any other things new that you guys have started doing? We have a brand new playground. Um, one of the things in our community is that there are no parks near us, so our kids can't get out and get exercises or play in a safe place. And so what we did was that we had a Kaboom build back in August where we got new playground equipment. We built in the process the playground. We built a teaching area we, where the kids can sit down and learn about the vegetables and how to grow food outside, as well as we make some improvements to our garden. I got to build a pergola. So that was kind of crazy. I'm lifting wood and everything. So it not only got our residents involved because they were able to come out and participate in the build as well, but it got the people who work there involved. So it showed them that we care about them as a part of our community. Wow, that's such an amazing model. And I love that it's such a holistic approach to health. It's not just um, providing the basics, but really looking at the whole human. I love that. So how were you able to determine that these were needs for your residents and your community? And how did you establish a way to meet these needs? So what we did was we have a program where we do an assessment on the resident when they move in. Um, we look at what their needs are. So if the need in the community, we see a lot of people, maybe they don't have access to food, so we're gonna provide a food pantry. If they don't have access to transportation, well, let's provide bus cars or teach them how to drive or get their licenses reestablished. We will go in and we'll talk about, you know, getting them health care, depending on, you know, if that's the need in the particular community. And then we talk to our residents. We have resident leadership meetings. We have community partner meetings where we're able to hear directly from our residents what they need. Sometimes we get into a point where we start prescribing what we need. But we wanted to hear from the residents throughout the playground build. They had input to what color the playground was going to be. They had input on what they wanted to see in the playground. Things that would give them the touch to say, hey, we had a part in this. They had a part in saying what color they want the new building to be. They had a part in creating the pantry. Our pantry was actually created by residents. They took a class where it was called Table Talks. They talked about what they saw as a need in their community. And five of my residents got together and said, as a project, something that was sustainable, we want to get together and we want a pantry. And that's how our pantry was born. It wasn't because somebody else came into the community and said, hey, you guys need a pantry. Our residents said, we have this need in our community and we want to solve that problem. Wow, I really love that you guys really take this um, community engagement approach and you really engage with your residents and allow them to have such a uh, large say in what's happening. And I think that's probably why you guys are so successful. That's just amazing. I definitely agree with that. So what advice would you give to other housing communities that may want to implement having social service workers, but they don't know how to go about doing so? I would say do it. The If you can dedicate somebody 
to get into that position, to hear the needs of the residents, to formulate a plan around helping the needs within the community do it if you have those resources. Um, there are multiple grants, information out there. One of the things about Glick is that they saw the need within the community. We had started off with um, service coordinators for the elderly side. So they helped our elderly residents to age in place so that they didn't have to go to nursing homes. So they provided services like making sure that their health care was established, making sure that, you know, they had their doctors who were coming and different services to help them within the home so that they can remain independent. So once they did that, they saw the need on the family side to provide resources for the residents. So they sponsored that. They are the ones who started that program and continue to support it. So right, it started off with one service coordinator um, and then it sprouted to over 20 of us on the family side of it. So each community has somebody um, that is under the family housing services to go to in that community. So we serve probably thousands of people and help them get the resources and things that they need in order to thrive. Wow, that is absolutely amazing that you guys are able to do so much for your residents and that this was a model that you guys were able to expand and hopefully other communities will start to pick up on this model because I think it would be fantastic. Mm -hmm. Well thank you so much for coming today Kelly. I really appreciate it being able to talk to you today and really learning how you guys engage with your community. Thank you.